Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Westwood Living Podcast. We're coming to you from Canton today, and I'm in the offices of Bonzi Law with the woman who runs this place, Deborah Bonzi Esquire. How are you? Hi, Tom. How are you? I'm very excited to be here, and I was so super excited to see that you have baby number four on the way. I did not know that, so congratulations. That is very exciting news, but also probably a bit daunting. No, we're good. We're good. Just one more to the crew. It's crazy. So this will be... Baby number four. Yeah. And you've got two... Two boys. It'll be two boys and two girls. Congratulations. Thank you. Now, you should also know as you're listening to this, Deborah walked into her office today looking beautiful. <laughs> and she's like, wait, I thought this was video. <laughs> so I'm feeling a little bit bad about the fact that this is probably... Uh, the best looking anyone has looked since we started <laughs> recording this. So please forgive me. No worries. In, in that regard. But, you know, I, I think back and it's been about a year since I first met you. It was just about end of February, beginning of March last year before you came on board as my expert contributor in real estate law. Yes. And I've been fascinated by your journey, how you got to where you are and how your career has evolved. So let's start there with right. how you ended up doing what you do and what drew you to law and how you specifically chose this lane most notably of real estate well it has been a journey I've been an attorney for about 10 years now so that's exciting I went to Tufts University in Medford got my bachelor's degree in child development and community health and then I went on and got my master's in urban environmental policy and planning so I was trying to do a little bit of a shortcut and <laughs> not go to law school because I didn't want to take the extra burden and so forth. But as I continue to think through it, I realized the law school route was the way to go and it offers versatility in terms of what I'd be able to do in the community. Uh, long story short, I ended up at Suffolk University Law School, graduated there in 2012, passed the bar. I worked at Oracle for a little bit and then moved on to a nonprofit medical legal partnership. There I supported social workers and pediatricians at the Boston Medical Center and provided their patients with legal advice and consults. And if they needed legal representation in the courtroom, I would connect them with pro bono attorneys throughout the state. Afterwards, I went to American Tower and worked there for a couple of years. And that was really where I got a little bit more exposure into the real estate arena. It's a real estate investment trust, um, REIT. And there I did a number of lease and licensing contracts. And really just I got intrigued by that. At that point, I had just started my family and commuting <laughs> and, uh, almost three to four hours a day was oh. just was just um, not ideal anymore. Awful. <laughs> From at that time, I was living in Whitman to Woburn, and so I uh, opened my own practice. And after trying a few things, I really continued liking real estate. And so right now, my practice mainly focused on the transactional side of real estate. And I uh, represent buyers who are looking to purchase either their first home or investment properties. I represent homeowners who are looking to sell their property or refinance. And then I also work with a number of lenders as well. You glanced over a portion of your life, which I think certainly needs some more attention, which is the work that you did that really opened your eyes to the fact that people do need help. I think you were thrown into an arena where people came to you unsolicited 
saying that, you know, hey, I need help. Yes. And that, that was a wave of people that was a bit unpredictable to you and a bit overwhelming, I would guess, at the time. Yeah, it was It was back in when I was working as a family coordinator, I believe that was the title, at the Family Center in Somerville. And there I was running parenting groups, and I was actually running them in Haitian Creole to a number of families, just teaching them the differences between the cultures here in America and in Haiti, and just helping them understand. For instance, in Haiti, if someone looks at you in the eye, it's actually considered disrespectful. Oh, wow. Uh, versus here, if you can't look someone in the eye, you're considered lying and shifty. <laughs> and so that was one of the the tidbits we shared with them and a number of other cultural knowledges that we shared with them so that they could understand how to navigate here. And and while I was teaching these parenting classes, they would come up to me and ask a number of legal advice, uh, knowing that I'm from the country, I understand the system a lot more, and I would be a resource to them, which I tried to be. But at that time, I wasn't an attorney, uh-huh. so I couldn't give any advice. But it definitely was an eye-opener that I could really be helpful in this community as well as many other communities as well. When you opened up your own individual practice, did you immediately move here to Canton or did you have another location before you started this office? I actually uh, had a journey when I opened my own practice. I was working from my home office and then as soon as that uh, (laughs) outgrew itself, then uh, I was doing an office share in Quincy on Hancock Street. Did that for a number of years, which is great. In 2020, at the end of 2020, I opened up this practice here in on Route 138 in Canton, and it's been great since. What have you learned about moving out a bit to the suburbs and trying to reach Canton, Stoughton, Milton, Westwood, and beyond, and growing your network of people you can work with and help? I learned that folks are really nice. Folks love to expand their networks and love to meet other people. There are a ton of folks who are interested in purchasing and selling, and there's a lot of opportunities for growth here in the suburbs. And it's been great. Having my own practice helps me manage the also the work-life balance, raising now four kids and just making sure I have time for that, but also making sure I have time for my other family, which is my clients and the other business partners that I work with to just make sure we're supporting each other in the businesses. Is there a common mistake or something that most of the population overlooks when they're not thinking about how a real estate attorney can help them? Yeah, there's quite a few uh, common mistakes. I'm trying to think of one. One common mistake is, you know, thinking they could just sign the PNS without someone reviewing it. PNS. Uh, sorry, signing the purchase and sale agreement. Okay, so you used, a, used some lingo right I there. I know, You're sorry. speaking your language, it's okay. <laughs> signing the purchase and sale agreement without having another legal eye who does this on a regular basis just to talk you through the terms and make sure you know what you're signing make sure you know what you're getting into make sure that the conversations you had with your agent or the other party is captured in the final agreement that you signed a lot of people don't understand that once you sign the purchase and sale agreement the terms in that contract is what stands Uh, if you had a conversation about something else and it's not in the purchase and sale agreement, the likelihood of that other term that you discussed being honored 
is close to none. It might still be honored. There might still be, a, you know, some understanding between the parties. But most likely, I can imagine one party saying to the other, it's not in the PNS. Sorry. Oh, man, that'd be brutal. One of the other things that's impressed me about you is the work that you do to give back to the community, most notably with Love and Grace Community Services. Yes. And we have actually had the opportunity to showcase what you do with Love and Grace Community yes. Services throughout the year. But most notably around Thanksgiving time. Yeah. So take people through your relationship with that nonprofit and how you've worked so closely with them to reach out to people, most notably in Brockton, but also much of the South Shore, too. Definitely. You know, Love and Grace Community Services is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that's near and dear to my heart. And it started back in 2015 or so, and it started as a consignment store and um, not store but you know folks could kind of bring in their clothes and exchange and get another different set of clothes but the as time went on the executive director Mitchell and Bullplant just felt it on her heart that there's just people out there that are just in need of warm meals and so she shifted the mission of this organization from clothing to feeding the homeless population in the Brockton community. And so since then, we've been providing warm meals every other Saturday to the residents at Father Bill's and Main String, both the Main Street and the Belmont Street sites. And on Thanksgiving morning, what we do is we prepare a full hot Thanksgiving breakfast for the homeless population comprised of eggs, hash browns, fruits, cornbread, you know, the works. And we passed out uh, lately, we I think we passed out about almost 100 to the residents of Father Bills and Main String and Main Springs. And then we passed out what's called haven bags as well. And these haven bags include sanitary items like toothbrush, toothpaste, face masks, uh, hand sanitizers. We also provide hats, socks, blankets, just a whole ton of items in there that we think they need and that would be useful for them, especially during the winter months. And recently, we've expanded our reach as we learned that about, I think, almost 100 families have migrated to the U.S. from Haiti, and they're now living in Kingston. And so we've stood up to help with that endeavor as well, however way that they need. And so this past Thanksgiving, we provided, an, again, another 100 plates or so, as well as haven bags to those families as well. Uh, we went over during the Christmas holidays and provided toys to the kids over there and really just did our best to expand our reach and and do what we can to help the community that's god's work right there right and you can tell how passionate you are because you literally just spoke for at least about two or three minutes about it so (laughs) that's great i love that and it's an opportunity for people to help too so anybody who's listening to this who may be interested in helping how do they reach out to you well in general so because they want to start a conversation with you for many different things, whether it be real estate or some help with the nonprofit right. efforts. What's the best way for people to reach you? Best way is email. Email's a good way. dbonzi at bonzilaw.com. So D as in James Bond, Bonzi. So D-B-O-N-D-Z, Zebra, Iglu, E, Elephant at bonzilaw.com. My phone number is 617-483-3501. Text messages are great. Unfortunately, I... I don't check my messages as often as (laughs) probably should, but I heard the consensus is not a lot of people do. (laughs) 
and, and people also keep in mind that Deborah's going to have another child in probably the next 30 to 45 days. So she will be as responsive as possible, but show some human compassion and understanding that there are other things taking priority in her yes, life. Yes. <laughs> but that's good. What I've learned about you that I love is that you do lead with your heart and you are driven by wanting to do the right thing and doing good every day. And whether that's helping somebody in a real estate transaction or helping people who are less fortunate than you who need assistance, it's evident that you are dedicated to that. And thank you for your support of us and Westwood Living in this community, but for your support of the entire community here beyond what we're seeing every couple of months in print when you write an article. So thank sincere you. thanks. Thank you also for the opportunity to do so as well. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> That's Deborah Bonzi, Esquire, as I like to call her. And she just gave you the contact info. If you know other people that we should chat with in and around Westwood, tell their stories, please reach out to me. That's T. Leiden at Best Version Media. You could always follow our journey at westwood living.com but for now we'll wrap it up from the offices of deborah bonzi the latest edition of the westwood living podcast 